event off. So, uh, welcome to the first of the South East Midlands sub-network of the AUA event. Um, I'm pleased today to welcome Anita Jarvis, who's joined me as Joint Advocate of the AUA at the OU. I'm Dawn Turpin, by the way. Always forget to introduce yourself. <laughs> Anita's taken over from Helen Cook, and she's working with me. I'm also delighted to welcome Nick Allen from Northampton University, Janet Marshall and Ruth Murdoch from Cranfield, and Pearl Lewis from Buckingham. And so what we're doing is something new this year. Um, we all have fairly small branches at our institutions, and one of the main benefits of the AUA is meant to be networking with people across the sector. And I don't know about you, but family commitments and work and whatnot mean that I very rarely meet anyone outside my own institution. So we thought it would be a good idea to get together with some local institutions and put on some joint events and give us a chance to get out there and see those institutions and find out a bit more about them. And the really positive thing is that we're all quite diverse, we've realised. So we, we do genuinely reflect the sector. We're not all traditional Haiti. So that's a really good thing. Okay, today is really just a bit of an introductory event, so there's no hard work involved today. It's meant to be get to know some people from other institutions on your tables and find out a bit more about the institutions by way of a quiz, and there is a prize. Um, I should say that we are being recorded, um, but I'm sure he won't pick up anything that you want to say whispered on your tables. Um, we have got lunch, but we're not going to do that at the beginning, so we'll break halfway through the quiz for you to grab something to eat and drink. And we're also going to be telling you a little bit more about each of the events at our own institutions as we go through the quiz. So without further ado, hand over to Janet. Okay, so as Dawn said, one of the main benefits of today is that in this room there's quite an awful lot of expertise and people here that are... Um, like-minded, doing similar roles and things like that. So as you can see, we've put you all into teams and in your table. So for the first five minutes, what I'd like you to do is have a discussion with everybody on your team and find out who they are, what they, where they come from. I feel like Cilla Black every time I say that. What they had for dinner last night, what their shoe size is, anything like that. So just have a discussion, find out who your fellow team members are, if you can, if I can borrow this. If you can also record on your piece of paper who you are and the roles that you do in your institutions so that during the lunch other people can walk around and see who else is in the room. And most importantly, we want you to come up with a team name and the sillier the better. So a team name for you because as um, Dawn says, there is a prize and we want, need to know what the uh, team name is so that we know who wins to yeah, give them the prize. So is everybody okay with that? It's just a five-minute conversation, who you are, where you come from, what your role is, record it on here, and come up with a team name. Okay? During the forthcoming quiz, we'll have an opportunity to continue the discussions and uh, dialogue, I'm sure, very much as well. So, um, as uh, Dawn said... Um, my name is Nick Allen. I'm the Executive Officer at the University of Hampton. I work closely with Vice Chancellor and the Chief Operating Officer there, and I'm also a network advocate at Northampton. Um, I've put together a quiz um, for um, today's event. Um, it's a quiz about the four universities in this sort of sub network. So um, we're not asking you to think about the rest of the um, higher education sector and how fast that is. It's just about the four institutions. So, um, don't worry. The point is you've got to ask the people around the table who are from other universities if they know 
which institution it might be. And obviously what we want to try to get you to do is to um, talk about your institution as you're talking about some of the questions and some of the pictures that you're going to see. So, should we put this face down to start with, and then we'll start it off. And we're going to do a five-minute uh, yes, timed exam, as the colleague said. Can I just um, capture all the teammates while Nick's doing that? Quick, quick, Nick, quick, 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 off top of the with the next very from now. Thank you very much. Okay, time's up. Class, one member of the table just holds the answer sheet in the, in the air and I'll collect it as a walk around. Thank you. Oh yes, have you written the team name on the top? Or whatever, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's great. Thank you. Right. So, as um, as Dawn said, um, what we're going to be doing is um, interspersing around the quiz with a little talk about each of the institutions, and uh, I'll go first to Northampton. Um, those of you that have been to Northampton will know that. Um, we're um, split across two campuses, um, one that's quite close to Northampton Town Centre and one that's sort of a few miles out of the town. 
Um, and we have quite a widespread of, of courses and provision, arts, social sciences, um, health, education, um, business, we've got a large business school, um, and science and technology. Um, and um, we have about 15,000 students in total. Um, the event that we're going to be holding in November is around social enterprise. The University of Northampton um, has a strategy to become number one for social enterprise amongst um, HEOs in the UK. And this is an opportunity to, for colleagues at the university and for the rest of you um, and your institutions to find out more about what social enterprise is and also to find out about how social enterprise is revolutionising the way in which we are um, teaching um, uh, and um, instructing our students um, in the... Um, preparing them for the world of work and for the world of adventure after they finish with us. So um, that's our event and that's happening in November so we look forward to seeing you there. Thank you very much. Right, so on to round two. On your tables you've got round two so please uh, turn over and uh, this time four minutes. Thank you very much. Okay, so I'm Ruth Murdoch. I'm one of the AUA advocates at Cranfield University. So I'm here to talk about our event. Um, Cranfield's a postgraduate-only university, and we're set across two campuses, one in Cranfield and one in Shrivenham. Um, we cover applied sciences, management, engineering, and defence um, throughout our four schools. Um, so our event is called... Uh, working in a wholly postgraduate university, and that's going to be in February on our Cranfield campus. Um, we um, out just a bit about our branch. We've um, got a, around 30 members across the two campuses, and we tend to have four to six events per year um, on the Cranfield campus. Um, um, recently, in 2011, we won a, a branch good practice award. So that was our biggest achievement so far. So hopefully we'll see you at Cranfield in February. Thank you very much, Ruth. So um, before um, lunch, um, we'll um, just go through the answers to the first round. So um, of which university is my Vice-Chancellor? It's Buckingham. College from Buckingham, what's the gentleman's name? Thank you. And the next one? Cranfield. And this gentleman's name? Sir Peter Gregson. Thank you. Sir Professor. Professor. <laughs> Professor. So, uh, one for me here. This is our science and technology school uh, based in the um, in our town centre campus, Avenue Campus. Next one is um, the Open University. Um, colleagues from the OU, what's the name of the building? And, okay. <laughs> and uh, Barris Thatcher was a Chancellor of Buckingham. And this is the Centre for Design at Cranfield. Oops. Um, that building is at Buckingham. That's um, the Vice-Chancellor of the OU. What's his name? Martin Bean. And um, this School of Engineering is at Cranfield. And this is Baroness Faulkner, who's uh, the University's Chancellor at Northampton. So, so far, uh, Crazy Rascals, the winners, which is probably quite um, appropriate... Um, hashtag Nine Lives and Awesome Administration are all in the league with 10 out of 10, so congratulations. <laughs> and at that point, food. <laughs> I'm going to hand out the, um, uh, the, 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 the sheets for round three and encourage you to continue to eat and to answer the questions at the same time. I want to have it to have five minutes, if that's okay with everybody. 
Over to Pearl. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone. My name's Pearl. I'm Quality Assurance Manager at the University of Buckingham, and I'm the AUA advocate for our Buckingham branch. Uh, most of you might know that one of the special things about Buckingham is our two-year degree, which we offer for um, all of our undergraduate programmes. Obviously, as the sector is changing and, and fees have gone up, a lot of people are looking to how Buckingham delivers that two-year programme um, as a possible model for um, other institutions to adopt in the future. Um, the presentation I'll be doing in May of next year will look at some of the um, issues around delivering a two-year degree, both in terms of how it impacts on um, administrators in particular. We have a continuous teaching year there's no summer break for us to stop and review what we're doing, and that presents its own challenges. We have two diets of examinations rather than the traditional one in the summer. Um, and it also has an impact on some of our relationships with regulatory bodies, um, and, and things like that as well. Um, I'll also be looking at how it impacts on the students in terms of student experience and their workload and actually doing equivalent of three years work in two years and also in terms of our academic staff and their research interests and how we work around that as well. So I hope those of you would be interested in learning more about the two-year degree will come along in May of next year. I'll give you a nice tour of our Riverside campus as well and probably a very nice fairy cake and a cup of tea. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, so before we go on to um, final round, and I've uh, put the sheets out, so please try to avoid not turn them over and start on them yet, but here we go. Um, so, facts and figures. Uh, the institution has got male-female mix and student mix is Northampton. Average age of undergraduates at 31 is the OU. Staff discrimination is Buckingham. The FIA approved crash testing, which sounds absolutely fascinating, um, is at Cranfield. Um, the OU has more than 3,500 support staff. The, the, the institution that has the library designed by Small Foster is Cranfield. The digitised and made free to the public Charles Dickens weekly magazines is Buckingham. Um, Northampton has the two campuses, Avenue and Park. There's the OU that has the external research income of 17.5 million in 10-11. And Northampton gained university status in 2005. Um, so, after two rounds, um, the winners are currently in Leeds. So, congratulations to the winners. Um, and so, if you go to turn over, turn over your sheets, and you have four minutes for the final round, please. Thank you very much. Okay, time is up. If you could uh, hold your. If you can hold your answer sheets in the air and. Have your answer sheets in the air. Thank you very much. And, uh, do, I... do I have a, a colleague from the OU to give a talk on the. Yes, that's me. Thank you. Okay. Hi, I'm Lisa Jarvis, and I'm the advocate for the OU, together with Dawn. Um, our event is next July, and I have to say a bit of a caveat. It's some way off yet, so we're not down to the detailed planning, um, but we are going to be looking at the way that the unique way that the OU teaches, um, and the way that we deliver distance learning in a, in a method that we call supported open learning. 
which means that our students can, can study wherever they like, at home, in the library, in their workplace. And they're supported by networks of tutors, um, you know, online forums, from student advisors, and, and study facilities in their own region. We have 15, uh, sorry, 13 um, national and regional centres uh, dotted around the UK, which uh, support our students. And then they have a lot of contact um, and peer support from the students themselves. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that, but also about um, open learning as a, as a wider topic. And we're hoping to have a presentation by um, Andrew Law, who's our director of our open media um, unit. And we'll look at developments and innovations in, OU, in, in open education and how we're leading those. I don't know if you've heard of FutureLearn and of MOOCs, Massive Open Online Courses, which is something we're getting, getting involved in. And FutureLearn, which we're um, supporting, is the first UK-led provider of those. And we'll look at social media as well and how we can use that in education. So we've got our own Twitter account, as I suppose you've got, you have two. And we've got um, an OU online community and, uh, and Facebook pages. And then we'll look at open resources and providing um, open university materials free of charge to anybody with internet access anywhere in the world. So we've got um, stuff on um, iTunes U, we've got things on YouTube, and we've got um, open research online as well, which has got over 15,000 um, publications available for people to look at. So we're talking about open learning in, in its widest context, but hopefully a lot of you find it interesting. And come along next July. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, so I'm going to have to have a little bit of time to do the, um, the, the answers to the final round, um, but I think there are some colleagues in the room might like to talk about sort of AUA matters generally. Um, before, to get us prompted, but we'll look at the answers for question for round three first. So, the fun facts, the founder of Moonpeak was an alumnus of Cranfield. This is the Northampton's campus plans in the centre of town. Uh, this is Beagle 2, it was developed at the Open University. Zandro has got a degree from uh, Northampton. Uh, Buckingham has its annual duck race, which sounds absolutely fascinating, and I'd like to hear more about that one. Uh, this is a, a past the logo of the OU. Cranfield's designed the um, uh, census for the Mars probe. Um, this is from the OU. Now, colleagues from the OU know which, which course is it that um, a student would do to get this as part of their study pack? I assume it's a science foundation course. Yes. What, what is it? Yeah. So we fossils. Yeah, we make and replica fossils and send them to students. Do we still do that? I thought we had something. Back in back in the original days of the OU, so we we, <laughs> we did we did send experiment kits out to students so they could do experiments at home as part of their learning. I and so this is a shield from um, Buckingham University and the, the master's colours from Cranfield. Okay. Oh, and um, to note that um, winners are still in the lead uh, with the 28 out of 30, so congratulations to the winners. Okay, um, so whilst Nikki is just marking the final thing, we've just got a couple of people in the room that are willing to stand up and say a bit about what they get out of being an AUA member. We have got some non-members in the room. Any non-member that would like to find out more, there's lots of things you can take away on the table there behind Janet, or you can come and talk to Anita and I at any time. But Michelle, I'll hand it to you first. Sorry, <laughs> so Dawn asked me just to say a few words about why joining the AMA is a good idea and what you can get out of it. So, first thing, hands up who hates doing presentations. Yes, good. I need every lots of people. 
and who has to do presentations in their job. Good. So a really good way of developing your skills doing presentation is to do one at the annual conference because it's quite a friendly atmosphere. Um, the annual conference takes, um, oh, it runs over sort of two and a half days um, and anybody can put a conference submission in. So I did well, my very first conference presentation was back in 2002, because I'm quite old now. Um, and I did it with a colleague um, and we did it on um, our, our virtual learning environment that we used then. And I have to say it was rather a scary prospect because uh, it was obviously, you know, when all of the, the new technologies were kind of being used for teaching, being started out, and the room was full of people. Um, so it was really good practice because, it, as I said, it's quite a friendly environment. You know, we're all administrators there. We're all kind of there to support each other. So that's one aspect that you can get out of the AUA, going to the conference, learning, like getting out of your, your own institutional knowledge. I think, you know, we've got quite a lot of specialist universities here. Um, I, I don't know about other colleagues, but at the OU, you know, you do get quite insular sometimes. So it's good to kind of step out and find out what's going on in the rest of the sector. And then, as I say, you can, you can put a conference submission in and be brave and take a step to, to go and do a presentation to your colleagues and share what it is that you've been doing in your knowledge and understanding. Um, additionally, uh, you could... Um, obviously, there's a lot of um, continuing professional development that the AUA does, um, and that's obviously really important for the professionalisation of us as the administrators. So take, take advantage of all of that. Um, obviously, you've got the CPD framework here. Um, and so, you know, take, take advantage of what they're offering and the networking events. And um, I think that's two really important things that you can get out of being an AUA member. thinking about what I'd say, I realised that I've probably been a member of the AUA for something awful like about 13 or 14 years, which is most of the time that I've been at the OU, and I wasn't really involved very much to start with. I was a member, and I paid, I paid the money, and I got the, uh, the journal, which I found quite interesting, but I never really did much with it. Um, and then a bit later, I did start to get involved with branch events, and, and I did find it really useful for me to help people, because as Michelle just said, the OU can be quite insular in itself, I find, but also different parts of the OU can be quite insular in themselves. So you can find yourself working in one area of the OU and remain almost completely ignorant about what's going on in some other part of your own university, um, which is a little bit worrying, really. So I think one of the main things I've got out of my AUA membership is just meeting other people at events like this, both within the OU and further afield, and obviously today's particularly good for that, meeting people from other institutions. Um, the other thing I thought I'd mention briefly, um, it's, it's also about taking a, a broader view and seeing things in a wider context, um, is the PG cert, which is mentioned on, on here. Um, I have actually just done the PG cert. I am a survivor of the <laughs> <laughs> um, I've now got the letters after my name. Actually, I haven't. 
actually informally given to me yet, but they promise that they will give to So that is another way to make use of your AUA membership. Um, it's a 60-credit uh, postgraduate course, um, and it's spread over two years, so it's quite a gentle thing. You know, there aren't too many demands on your time constantly. Um, and there are moments where you have to hand in assignments, which are obviously quite scary. Um, but the rest of it, it's about reflective practice. And you, you set yourself up with a personal development plan at the beginning. There are lots of um, exercises that they give you to try and work out how you want your development to go. You set out your plan at the beginning and then you work through it over a period of 18 months is the shortest period you can do the course in, but most people do it in two years. And then you kind of adjust your plan, tick things off, change things as you go along. And it is actually quite a useful way of really making you think about what you're doing, why you're doing it, where you might want to go next, all that kind of stuff. Um, in my case, I thought it all through and decided that actually I was quite happy where I was and I didn't feel the need to move on. Um, and now that I've decided that, I feel actually quite a lot more content in what I'm doing. Um, but for most people, I think it doesn't work that way. Most people decide they'd like to progress their career, move on to the next step. Um, and you can set up um, ways of, of helping yourself to do that. So, um, so yes, that's another thing that you can get out of the AUA. But basically, I think it's all about broadening your horizons, widening your perspective. That can only be a good thing. That's great. Um, uh, and to add on to that, I, I'm a survivor as well. Um, I graduated in 2006, so I'm probably an old survivor of the AUA PG cert. But um, I went on from being an, um, a, a survivor to actually helping people to survive. I became a mentor. Oh, yeah. and I forgot to mention mentors. I'm sorry. You get a mentor. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, and being a mentor is, really, is, is great because you don't have to necessarily have completed the course to become a mentor. Um, you just have to have common sense. You just need to be there at the end of the phone or the end of the email or hopefully face-to-face -face with the person that you're um, supporting. Um, and it's really rewarding to see people sort of go through the journey as you did. Um, I've been very fortunate that I've had now four successful completions um, and it's great to be there on the day that they're sort of collecting their certificate to think that you've seen them through their journey. Um, and some of those people that I've been supporting have just you know, maintained the same sort of role during their time and some have gone on to do great things and it's really sort of rewarding for you personally to do that. Um, I then went from being a mentor to being a part of the PG Cert Board of Studies um, and so I took on a different role with AEWA whereby I was sort of helping support its governance and then I became for a year the chair of the Board of Study um, which meant I became a trustee and being a trustee of the association is something that is you know, great for my CV because it shows that I'm actually sort of playing a key role in the association and its development. But also, you learn an awful lot about how the association works, its finances, and really all the sort of stuff that, as ordinary members or as advocates, you don't see um, from, from our perspective. Thank you. Any, anybody else want to talk about their experiences of AUA? Um, because I've got to try and find out the three people that didn't put their uh, <laughs> names. I shall come. Okay. Well, uh, the, the winners, Innovate and Open Box Fears, are the ones that I haven't got uh, names on. So I need a member for each of the tables to come up and say, that is mine.
That is our... Right. All tossed up. Um, we have two... We have the prize for the team that got the most, num- most points and the team that got the least points. So, let's start with the team that got the least points. And congratulations to... AA Awesome Administration. <laughs> We've got 28 out of 40. And moving up from there, so you'll know where you are. OUBU, 29 out of 40. Kaj Naj, 4. And the winners, both on 31 out of 40. Innovate and Quizzy Rascals on 32 out of 40. Open Box Fears on 32 and a half, and the winners, Nine Lives with 34. So congratulations to Nine Lives. Well done, everybody. I just want to sort of um, say a few closing words and to start those off with a, a, a round of thanks. So, thank you very much to Dawn and to our colleagues from Cranfield, Northampton, and Buckingham, particularly Nick, in organising the quiz today and for presenting. And thank you to the speakers, Jerry and Michelle, so that gave us a little bit of a flavour of what we've been OUA members all about. Thanks to Kate Hardy and HR for uh, organising the room and our lunch and admin support for, and to the guys in, in AV who've once again provided some excellent support today. And to all of you as well for obviously taking time out of your busy Mondays to come along and uh, to hear all about what we're doing and what our plans are for the AUA over the next, next year or so. So just a reminder, that first event you need to put in your diaries is, the, is at Northampton on the 22nd of November, the Introduction to Social Enterprise. And just to go off piece and talk about OU for a moment, we might be having a mini bus, so uh, let, us, let me know if you, if you fancy coming. Do you know approximate times? Uh, I don't know, are you still sort of time to yeah. today? Uh, yeah. Over over lunchtime, I think, yeah. Um, and any other non-members who might be in the room, if you want to contact us about uh, myself or Dawn, about joining them, please do. And we hope to be kicking off some of our OU internal events fairly soon as well, with uh, and, and starting with some breakfast uh, meetings, for example, and themes like how to write an article for perspectives, and, or perspectives rather, and, uh, and about the International um, Higher Education Network, which is one of the networks. And we've recently seen um, Ellen Caddick from our OU in the North West office, who's uh, been confirmed as deputy coordinator of that network, which is, which is excellent news for us. Back to the wider AUA. Uh, other events coming up on the 26th of September, there's an interview with the new Universities UK President, Professor Sir Christopher Snowden, Vice-Chancellor of the University of Surrey. And then the 23rd of October is the Development and Skills Conference in Birmingham, which looks quite interesting. There's quite a lot uh, there, based around three key themes, understanding HE, professional practice and skills development. And there'll be a number of key figures from uh, uh, the HE um, organisation sector uh, to come in to deliver those sessions. And that will be followed by the annual lecture, which, as we know from the quiz, will be uh, delivered by Wendy Purcell, uh, the VC and Chief Executive at Plymouth, uh, about disruption and distinctiveness in HE. So, uh, should be interesting. So, last round of um, answers that I didn't give out, oh. <laughs> which was rather remiss of me, apologies. So, 
the two missing... Now, I didn't know this was going to be up. <laughs> For those of you that did see this, there were obviously have got the, the two missing were working with people and embracing change. This is Matthew Andrews. He's the chair of AEWay. Um, as... Uh, as was, as Anisha just said, this is uh, Professor Wendy Purser, host of the University of Plymouth's Vice-Chancellor. And the cities that were missing were Manchester, Warwick and York, and they were all hosts of the AUA Annual Conference. Congratulations, everybody, and uh, have a good rest of the day. <laughs>